0: Today's guest is an accomplished leader focused on the intersection of hospitality, real estate development, and technology. He's a registered architect with over 20 years of experience. He has a proven track record of driving growth and implementing strategic plans enabling his organization to thrive. He's a trusted advisor and strategic partner to many of the world's leading hotel owners, brands, and consultants. He was named president of the Hardy Group in 2022. He's member of the Urban Land Institute ishc and an avid pickleball player he's a dedicated family man enjoys spending time with his wife and three kids ladies and gentlemen president of the hardy group mr brent hardy welcome brent
1: hey thanks for having me appreciate
0: it oh it's so good to have you on and it's crazy to think that you've been at the hardy group for 15 years because i've been in the industry for longer than that almost twice as long but i feel like you've always been there yeah Well,
1: I mean, I am. There's there's a couple hardies around, so it's easy to get us confused. But you know, I I tell everyone. Like I started the company when I was 12 years old, stuffing envelopes, you know, back before email. So uh, I was perhaps an unpaid intern then, um, but but yeah, full time for the last 15 years.
0: We won't tell anyone about the unpaid intern part, um, except all of our listeners. But you know, to start off this, I know that you you know you've been raised in this industry, you know. your dad, um, and built this great company, and now you're at the helm and steering it on forward in in a really exciting and great and innovative way. Mm-hmm. So, I before we get into everything, I'd just love to go to, into the first question, which is, how do you define hospitality?
1: No, that's a great question, and I think you know, for me, when I was starting out as a kid, you know, hospitality was my dad. You know, this hotels, going to hotels, seeing buildings, and that was hospitality. I think as I grew in my career, you know, I realized over time that's really a limiting definition. It's not just the physical thing, hospitality. It's more about the interactions with people and and the appreciation for those kinds of of moments. uh, Whether that's checking into a hotel lobby, experiencing the pool, or or just appreciating the value people are doing every day at their job, or even as a guest when when you're traveling to a hotel. And so, I think it's really you know, a broader just appreciation for those kinds of interactions with people that I think hospitality as an industry does very, very well. And I think a lot of industry perhaps are jealous of um, because it's, it's, it's really meaningful and it's greater than any, any one product or property.
0: Yeah. And I do believe just like you, that it is that kind of space between the, the interpersonal relationship and so many of the projects that we work on and just life in general—it's all about that energy between the people, and it's just exciting to work on all these projects. Sometimes with you, sometimes not with you, but just in any project where we're building these environments where people come together, exchange ideas, and hopefully have really positive memories.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think when you when you think about you know, your, the memorable experiences in your life, particularly focus on hospitality, you know, no no one really comes out of it. It's, it's it's the memories of the experiences, not 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 the. And it's a combination of the place you are, who you're with, what you're doing, and I think that's just one of the great things about the hospitality industry. That, that, that's a valuable part of the industry. And you, you, you're in meetings, you're in what role you are in the industry. That's really what you lead with to be successful. And I think you know you you it just it's a really great thing that I've kind of come to appreciate. Perhaps I wasn't aware of when I was starting out my career. Now it's those, those things really matter. And, And and I think if you if you leave with that and that's your focus of what you're doing, eventually you'll find success in this industry.
0: Um, One of the things I'm always amazed by you and colleagues of yours is. To really make these projects come to life like you're you're there at the very beginning, you have a, a, a budget with a lot of zeros on it, you have a lot of different stakeholders and you really you have to bring it to life. Obviously on time, on budget, but not without losing sight of that hospitality. And I'm always intrigued by when you start when things start going a little bit sideways, you're like, uh oh, uh oh. How do you maintain that level of hospitality when for all the stakeholders, but still trying to, you know, be accountable and deliver what you've promised? Yeah, it's difficult because you
1: know there's very no, no such thing as an easy project. Everything's, you know, especially these this day and age where there's tight budgets and tight schedules, you're, and people are usually busy, and that leads to stress. You, you know, I think you've just got to remember that everyone is professional. Everyone's working for the same goal, and a lot of times, you know, if, if things are getting heated or getting, you know, people are getting a little anxiety over things, you got to kind of pause and calm them down. And say, look, we're all trying to get the same goal. And I think you know so much of what we do as a in, in, the, in our business as project managers or all you know, managers really managing teams, and you know, every team is different, and there's a, there's a learning curve to how how they best work together, the personalities and the trust, and so you know a lot of a lot of successful teams and projects are because people are able to sort of come together, whether it's you know, owner, architect, contractor, consultant, project manager, and really be effective as a team and work well, and that's that's a level of Combination of, of professionalism and experience and, and trust, and, and you know, sometimes it takes a while. or it takes it's harder to earn that or build that on some projects than others. But ultimately, you know, no single person is is responsible for any project. It's always a team and group, and you got to be successful together.
0: Hmm. Let, let's take um, an average size project that you'd work on. Like sure. dollar value, wh- what would an average size project be that you would work on?
1: Uh, we're talking about renovation work.
0: It's anywhere yeah. from
1: I mean, 20 to $80 million on sort of single asset deals, um, typically more complicated renovations, redevelopments. Uh, of course, we have part of the business, which is uh, sort of programmatic selector, which is much smaller sort of individual units, and the new build is all over the place. <laughs> but yeah. it's like typical renovation, 20 to $40 million, something like that
0: great so i heard you say a couple of times in, in when we first started talking and even now this idea of coming together and building trust right yeah so let's just say let's just pick a number of 50 million dollars just so that we're working that's that's a lot of zeros yeah. when you have a team with so many different stakeholders what are you as the project manager and really the fiduciary for the owner correct yeah like h- how do you kind of set the table at the outset or what's an ideal way to get everyone to the table and start that trust building, especially if you haven't worked with designers or buyers or contractors or architects or all, all the different um, parts that go into building or renovating a hotel?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's no one answer. I think I think it starts with, uh, you know, on, on, a, on a real practical basis before that team gets together, we'll tell clients, uh, we like to be the first hire is just making sure that you've got the project set up for success. And oftentimes, uh, especially today, you know we're, we're seeing uh, because of the COVID and the, the, the turmoil in the markets, there's a sort of a new class of owners and investors that are coming in the hot body market from other spaces, either new first-time owners or investors or they're coming from multifamily other asset classes. I think part part of it is making sure that that plan in place is, is the correct plan. You know that that's 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 a, that's a critical point in time. And then once you're once you've kind of crossed that bridge and you believe that the, you know that you're set up for success at a very basic level, then I think building that team with the right right understanding expectations, right people in the right roles, and you know realizing that in today's environment in particular, uh, you know no one hits a budget by accident. You don't you don't wake up one day and decide wow we got we got lucky we're on budget It just it doesn't happen you're, you're, we, I tell everyone like we assume we're over budget from the first meeting and so it's it's just saying that when we go when we come back later we're talking about value engineering we're talking about reselecting certain things it's not because we don't like the design it's not because we think you know someone's done a bad job it's that you know, we've we've got to sort of you know sort of find the middle ground between sort of the visionary. Uh, great idea, and the cold realities of, of a limited amount of capital, which is you know, in, which is always the case. And so, the successful teams are the ones that can come together and, play, and find the right ways to marry those two together. And, and I think that's typically you know, and, and the more we can do that collaboratively, constructively, again, that's not just the interior designer; it's also you know, an architect and the contractor, and really leveraging everyone's experience so that we can make those right decisions. Ideally, as early as possible, then you know, the better off will be down the road and we're actually getting started executing the work and moving the project
0: forward mm-hmm. i'm i'm really intrigued by uh this idea of the new class of hotel owners right maybe yeah. first time hotel owners um if you were to look at them on a spectrum yeah is it uh mostly multi-family folks or other um commercial real estate folks or just people from other um, other asset classes that want to get into hotels? Like, yeah. wh- wh- what would be the biggest part of that pie no, it, in your experience? It, it's all the above. And, and you know, I have
1: a, a personal belief that, you know, one of the things that we're always cognizant of is these new people. Like every, I, I think of things like in a 10-year cycle. Like, you know, what's, what's happening 10 years from now? And So what, what, I, what I try to do today is say, you know, 10 years from now, there's be someone in this industry that wasn't here today, right? That's going to have a major impact and a major mark on the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, what we're trying to figure out is how do we find that person now before they're successful, before they've got a giant building, before they're a known name, and they're still just that first first step out the door. And how can we be? How can we make sure that we're part of that project? We're part of that team helping them because uh, we have a lot to offer. And if we're only, if we're only the people we know already, then that, you're missing out on all the all the all the future opportunities that you're going to pass you by. So I think. What that means for new entrants, what we're seeing really is people, for example, coming out of multifamily who perhaps with some of the headwinds of that, of that market, that's a class sort of trailing off and looking at hospitalities as, as a similar sort of uh, still current good investment opportunity. I think we're seeing, uh, interestingly, a lot of people coming out of what I would say is either luxury single family development or uh, the the uh, sort of the guys that were Airbnb folks for the last 10 years that have maybe the better parts of that industry that have, been, have consolidated and become professional and built a business around, so maybe what started off 10 years ago as their own you know, two units, and now they've got 50 or 100. And looking at hospitality is perhaps the next step in terms of how you grow that to a scale that's more profitable, and that's one part. Uh, we also see a lot of um, people that are um, you know, new uh, equity investors. Sometimes that's family office, where maybe in the last 10, 15 years, they were investing via some private equity vehicle, you know, fund of funds or some other group that, you know, would know, take that money and they're they're coming in now more on direct basis, I think, because they just like the flexibility and the control and they just want to do it on their own for a lot of reasons. Um, I think you're also seeing people that maybe who are perhaps my age or our age, you know, that that perhaps were working at a firm for the last 10 to 12, 15 years and have made enough experience in their career that, that now with COVID and things changing is some turmoil, they're, they're looking at, well, I'm just going to do my own thing. And, you know, uh, and I think so, so it's a combination of all those. And so, again, what we're, what we're trying to do, what I'm trying to do for the company is to say, let's, let's, let's take these people that perhaps today aren't, you know, aren't, aren't the top five investors. Let's, let's find a way where we believe in the vision, believe in their passion and their capabilities. How do we support them? How do we, how do you become part of that story? I think that's, just one thing that we're trying to be careful of, we don't we don't overlook those opportunities because today they're not as apparent as it will be 10 years from
0: now. So whether it's multifamily, family office, mm-hmm. um, high-end residential, single family that are coming into this, is there a, a theme or a thread that would be the most, like what's most surprising to these new hotel owners when they roll up their sleeves with you and start getting into hotels?
1: Yeah, I think, I think um, I think it's just the, the the nuance of the industry of how things work, right? And the complexities of an operating agreement, and the complexities of of what is a brand really doing and what are the, what what are they, you know, where where do you as an investor need to sort of you know have your own opinion or or perhaps think contradictory to the brand and, and just, just the, the, the pros and cons of all this all the people that are in the meeting of how do you really navigate all these conversations. Sometimes we get complete information, you know, Doctor talk to one brand, they'll say one thing, another brand will say something else, like how do they, how do they analyze or get to the bottom of what, what's the reality of how they move forward, given either, you know, one person's advice that perhaps they don't, they don't really know if it's all correct or even conflicting advice. And so mm-hmm. part of what we're trying to do is help them navigate through that, that, that chaos or that confusion, you know. Using our experience and sort of trying to figure like where are you trying to get to? What's the vision? And we'll we'll help you walk that path. And it's not just us, right? I mean, it's also having a really good architect, a really great designer, and perhaps some other you know, people that are doing feasibility consulting or helping on the legal side. So it's not just Brett Hardy and the Hardy Group, but we're we're helping sort of you know pull those people in the right group at the right time to sort of allow our 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 clients and investors to get through that 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 process. And we think of. A very effective way a very efficient way and you know
0: get to get to get, get, the, get
1: the dream built right get, to get the investment in place and i feel
0: yeah so if i'm hearing you correctly it's look there's from operating agreements to all the different brands and the spectrum of brands and like what the vision of everything is it's like how do we get everything aligned to do it and so it's just it's a lot it's a it's a very large yellow onion to un to yeah it's the largest of the large yellow onions that yeah. you could find at the supermarket. And then what's really surprising to them? Okay, once you've figured out all that, and you're okay, well, you've selected this, this is the vision, this is what we're doing, from the other real estate classes or yeah. commercial real estate classes, as you start, let's say, making sawdust or pouring foundations or, or, or demolitioning something, to the time that it's done, what surprises them most there um, from the actual doing of the of the physical space?
1: Um, you know, I would say it, it depends. I mean, it's where they where they're coming from. If they're if they're out of the commercial multifamily side of things and they're in the commercial world, it's not not drastically different. Um, if they're more from a residential side of things, it's, it's a little more just just the scale and the complexity of of, of, of a hotel, particularly. Sort of really appreciating the operational in the back of house and how critical that is to get right. Um, You know, for example, most people that come out of other asset classes, like it's not really an operating business. It's all triple net leases for the most part. You just sort of rent space. It's you know the the actual daily operations of that. Maybe some leasing on the multifamily side. It's fairly you're kind of a landlord, right? There's really no successful hotel investors, owners, or landlords, right? You've got to be. Really, in top of operations, and, and 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 the physical product really needs to be there to support that and, and do that correctly. And so, I think I think when they sort of see the complexity, sophistication, and sort of the discussions around the right that type of stuff that you you know, if you're in the hotel industry, you may never walked into a commercial kitchen before. You never walked to the to, to the housekeeping area. Right? You, you have no appreciation for all the all things behind the doors that, that, that all the associates you know, do every day. And I think that's the the kind of thing where. You know, particularly for new owners, we really sort of emphasize like, look, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna have a great bar, you're gonna have a great, you know, great lobby, great guest room. But equally important is make sure we've got a back of house that is great for the associates that functions and operates, and, you, and we're not gonna have you know five times as staff in here as we need to. Really, really helping that, really make sure there's there's a, there's a focus from the owner side on those kind of things that perhaps if you're new you don't fully appreciate it. Yet. you've never lived through those kinds of those kinds of conversations and experiences on the side.
0: and as you've been there for the past 15 years not including the time before that as an unpaid intern yeah. um i'm always intrigued by family businesses and and how they can be really successful or or not but mm-hmm. i really obviously i'm talking to you because. I really, I see you guys as a very successful multi-generational business. Like what are the things, what are the things that you learn most from your dad that you're, you're carrying forward as you're leading the company?
1: Yeah. Well, I think there's a few things and these aren't just all job related. I mean, he's my, my boss and my father. So it's sort of like, it's hard for me to distinguish the two sometimes, but I would say number, number one is I think you've got to have a passion for, for the industry, you know, and, and really. You know, I think that's probably true for a lot of things. But really, really loving hospitality for all the reasons, for you know, for all the crazy reasons and all the sane reasons and all the difficult reasons and all the you know, just you got to really like working here. I think I think certainly that's something East Pass on to me. I I, I have bought into 110 um, percent. You I drink, drank the Kool Aid. I drank the Kool Aid. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a new bathroom. Me too. Um, <laughs> and like I'll, I'll never be an in office involved. Like I don't care. No way. I don't care what it is. You know, I like hotels, but. I also think uh, one thing I will say about the industry, about the industry too, is that if you, if you go around and you start sort of, you know, you've been around for a while, I guess you have or, or I have, just the amount of family businesses that exist in this industry feels like, it's just it's just crazy. Like, it's, it's it's more than you probably know when you start digging into the industry companies, just how many there are. And I, th- I think that's probably, again, again, it's that passion, it's intergenerational, but also, uh, from the family business side of things, you know, I think our my father and I are, are are it's really interesting because you hear a lot of horror stories about sort of you know father son dynamics or versus you know, daughter you know this next generation. And I think we we have like very little drama at all. We're, we're, we're very different people, personality wise. We work really well together. I think it's a combination of just you know utmost respect for what we do. I and mean, He's built a great company for thirty years. I really I really can't criticize anything. Like you know, far be it from me to tell me you know he has a you know, I've got a better idea. But also, I think he's he's done a great job on his side, you know, not only building the business and getting to where it is today, but recognizing you know this is five years ago or more, you know sitting down with his team saying, look, you know we need to have a, a plan for the next generation. Right? This company is not just me; it's 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 all of you, right? Me and my peers at that time. So we we've been strategic and purposeful, building the next generation leaders and giving them opportunities to succeed and to grow as professionals. Um, in making room for them, right? And to, to to take on those leadership positions and, and to um you know tell them that like we believe they're successful and they're you know they're gonna get they're gonna be as good as, as, as their you know prior peers or, or better. And so I think I I think I think it's that type of leadership that has really helped us be successful beyond just the fact that we get along well together. Um, and, you know, I, I, I will give my dad a lot of credit to sort of build this business with your name on the door, right? You know, it was the John Hardy group for a lot, right? Now we're the Hardy group. And to sort of like decide one day, like, okay, well, I need to hand it off to you and you're going to leave it, right? And really back out and, and sort of maybe be around but be an advisor. That, like, I, I can't imagine doing that. Like, that's crazy. I've got so much, you know. And so I, I really credit him with sort of driving that narrative and, and, and letting this happen, right? As, as it has to for any business. You've got to evolve and change it. The second you you stay the same you've always been you're going the wrong direction so I think it's you know we've we've been lucky in that respect
0: and I'm curious because you know coming in in 2008 was that just before during or just after the start of the financial crisis I think it was
1: right during the start if I got my dates right and it was and it was like right at the beginning of that activity it maybe it hadn't fully hit yet but it was it was in discussion because we were on a particular project and, and Lehman brother was the lender on like yeah, a couple hundred million dollars of debt. So we were all, you know, <laughs> hope these guys still pay. And they did. thankfully. I don't know how it happened. I don't know I wasn't involved in all the financials payments, but that was an interesting uh, few months, but yeah, it all worked out. So
0: here we are. So describe like starting that, you know, coming into the company, obviously you had experience and you knew people just from being there and the family, but you know, your dad, like, Your dad's steady hand there on on the helm, and then uh, were there any similarities or parallels that you drew from him in that 2008 experience to how the doors came off in in COVID?
1: Yeah, I mean for sure. So I mean, one of the benefits I think of being a family company we're not we're not you know multi multi multinational you know conglomerate. Um, is we can do what we want to do. We don't. There's no. There's no board approval process, we're, not, we're not a division of, of you know, with, with masters and, and you know lords over us. And so we we've always taken the stance in every downturn. This is, I would say, advice for anyone in our business, not just you know, what we do. Is we we really kept our entire team intact through through every downturn, through both COVID and through the prior financial crisis. With very very little um, people leaving the company, ninety nine percent people stayed employed during the, the, the downturn. Uh, I may have tightened the belts a little bit um, during that time to sort of you know just for cash flow reasons, as anyone did. But we we realized, and I think it's I think this is what everyone should realize that the second you start getting rid of good people, um, you're you're sort of cutting off your nose by your face. You, you know, everything is going to come back. Right? You've got to believe that the American economy is resilient that these sort of downturns are transitory. And if you believe that, then you've just got to sort of find a way to get through it because you know that that once that downturn is over, what, what's coming is growth, right? And so we were purposeful during COVID and this most recent downturn to sort of make sure that we, you know, with, with some austerity measures, to put it in some terms, you know, keep the organizational expertise and talent here so when things began to accelerate as they did, we were ready to go. We weren't you know, trying to hire people back. Um, And I think that was that. That is, I think the right thing to do for employees. You know, know, for me, you know, I I think that's what we they deserve for all their hard work. I think it's the right thing for the business to sort of be as successful as possible. You know, throughout these kind of business cycles.
0: I appreciate that. And another thing I've always appreciated, and I wanted to know, like get back to the origin story of this is that the radical innovation program that you guys do, like yeah. where did where did that come from and what do you as a company feel you gain from organizing that every year?
1: Yeah, so so this is, I, it's really, you know, I would say my, my father's passion and it's, it's the kind of, you know, we we're, we're actually, uh, surprisingly enough, we're, we're both registered architects. Uh, we both went to the same uh, University of Illinois School of Architecture, same program, same building, like, you know, 30 years apart. But we, so we both come from this sort of architecture design background, and I think he just wanted to get, he, he, he had a panel HDX for a number of years ago, uh, and he, I think he said he wanted to do something. He, he only did it if he could do whatever he wanted to do, because it's fine. And so he said he wanted to do this competition. And it just started, you know, I don't know, fifteen or so years ago now. I how long it was. Just grew and grew and grew, and it's really it's the kind of thing where you know, there's not a there's not a reason for us to do it. Right? There's no like we sit down and calculate an IRR and an ROI and here's the business case. We're just like look, it, it's what excites what excites us. Uh, it's it's we think it's it's providing a creativity outlet for the industry that, that isn't doesn't exist and. We think it's also creating opportunity for us to both sort of maybe force some innovation on the industry and you'll think of things differently as well as you know i think that's the other part of it is providing exposure for some really talented designers that may maybe if, if they weren't we didn't give them a platform wouldn't have had the opportunity to sort of be successful to be in the industry and, and hopefully you know allow them to sort of over time push the industry to more innovative ideas so it's 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 I like to say it was some grand plan that we were doing this. Really, just because you know we wanted to do it and we liked it, and, and it was something we we were happy to invest our time and money into. And I think that's that's still the case. Uh, you know,
0: I think it, it resonates with me just because, like with this podcast, it's I don't know. I just enjoy doing it. It gives me it kind of fills some buckets that maybe weren't being filled, or it just satisfies my curiosity in a way, and yeah. it allows me to connect with people in a different way. So. I uh, just kudos to you, um, to you guys for, for coming up with that 15 years ago. And I don't know, maybe in some way back here, it was it was also inspiration for me to think about what are things I could do differently to bring other voices to the forefront, to tell yeah. different stories, because I think we all learn and benefit from this as an industry, right? When you talk about the Kool-Aid drinking, like there's a lot of it, but I, I feel like there's some, I don't know, real foundational, um, culture that kind of binds us all together and i don't know i just appreciate it and i, I love seeing what comes out every year and I, I, it was 15 years ago so would it be safe to say that your dad was able to follow that passion project when you came on like you freed up some bandwidth so then he could go tinker a little bit or is yeah. that or is it separate oh, totally. i mean
1: he like my my
0: you know, my father is never going to retire in the classical
1: sense. So he'll always be around because that's just, again it's part of his passion and who he is. I mean, at the dinner table, my wife and my mom are like, "Can we stop talking about work?" And we're like, "No, what do you mean? Pop? We're just talking." You know, this <laughs> how we talk. Uh, so, but you know, he's, but for him, it's it's definitely you know one of the things that he's been able to spend time on. In fact, more time on now because I you know, we as an organization we have you know, he he is sort of uh, you know sort of handing off responsibilities. You know, again, this this has been five years in the making. It's not just yesterday, but he's got, he's freed up some time to sort of focus on these passion projects, which, you know, I think he's earned that. He can, he can, he can have this thing he's working on. Um yeah. And, and he, well, it's also,
0: it's kind yeah. of like research and development too, right? It's like, yeah. it's working, it's more working on the business than working in the business, if you will. Yeah. Is that, is that safe to say?
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, at a certain point in his career, you know, he wants to do things that he wants to do, right? And I think he's earned that and this thing he's passionate about. And so yeah. Um, we're happy to support him. I mean, it's, it's been a great success and it's getting better. And, you know, who, who am I to say, you know, he he, 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 do whatever he wants,
0: he's, he's done. No, things. keep him doing it because I, I love seeing it every year. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's always inspiring. Yeah. Um, so going back to like starting in 2008, you got COVID, like you got COVID, we went through COVID, um, and that, that was, those were like pivotal moments for our, our industry and we're still dealing with the vestiges of both of those incidents i would say yeah um as you look in the rear view like so that's in the rear view mirror mostly but like when you look out into the windshield what's exciting you and the hardy group the most as you look into the future
1: yeah I, you know i think you know we this is what i'll tell my team you know, we're we're a we're a you know a third old company with 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 i would say The energy of young new leadership, right? And so it's in some ways I think it's it's the most exciting time I've been in the business since I started because we have all the foundational sort of infrastructure built in terms of you know scale, excellence, competency, you know, expert, you know, market knowledge with you know people that are like there's no there's no rules, right? What what do we want to do? How can we be great? What's exciting? What do we want to do next? Where can we go? And it's that entrepreneurship and the, that, that passion of like, you know, we're not in a kind of a kind of a box. And so I think what we're looking at, at least, you know, if my leadership is is how do we again, I always look at ten years, right? Ten years from now, if we're doing the exact thing we're doing now, we've made a mistake, right? And so there's always gonna be sort of a core, you know, critical function of 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 what we do in terms of project management and development, management and advisory work. But but what's that? What's that thing that ten years ago we should have known about, right? And how do we find that and become part of that opportunity? Um, you know, I think I think for for us, it's looking at you know identifying these new entrants to the market that you know maybe right now like you know they're they're in chaos and they know no idea what they're doing and they've got a great idea. How do we find and help right? Whatever that means. And, and uh, you know, push them along both because I think it's exciting for the industry and also, you know, it's why not be part of that? Why not help that person grow and become part of that Both from you know, a business perspective as well as just, you know, enjoying success in the industry? And uh, so we're, we're looking at, you know, I think, I, I tell my team, you know, one of my goals is never telling anybody no if I believe they're, they're a great person and a great idea, right? You know, if, if, if the reality is the only way we're saying no is because my fee is too high, that's a mistake um and I, I think we need to find ways to be creative with how do we uh, you know allow people to, to be to help them be successful because i think we have a lot of value bring to table um and and uh, just leveraging that the right way and there's no easy answer there right? that could be things you know, whether that's uh, you know, different types of hospitality you know, whether that's uh, Different, different types of investor owners. I mean, we, we're still exploring that, but, but I think we're actively sort of thinking along those lines.
0: Mm. You know, as I, since we've been talking and just from a, a previous conversation, I've heard you say enthusiastic, excitement, and excellence—the three E's—a lot. Yeah. So, like, tell me more about that. Like, what, what, and and you light up so much when you talk about it. Like, how does that weave into? what you guys are doing at the Hardy group. Yeah.
1: Well, one of the, one of the
0: things we have in our, you know, if you log in our
1: corporate internet or employee, the, the first thing you'll see we, is, is be nice, be honest, and be the best in the business. And I think for us, that's sort of the crux of, of how we just choose to run our business and run the company. And so I think, you know, th- you know, with that really, so the, the reality is part of that is, is, is us, is you know, part of my mentorship with the people is, is to make sure like look you have to love this job. You have to love the industry, you have to love what you do. It's difficult work, right? I mean no, no one's got a job which is easy. I mean that's the reality in today's environment. Everything's every project's gonna be difficult, every job has has difficulties. But if you're if you don't if you don't enjoy, you're not passionate about it, you're just not gonna be successful in the long term, right? And and, and I think the reality is also people like you probably need to find something else to do, right? You know your you, your your time is probably, you only you know, you only have so much time here. You know, if, if this job isn't exciting, you like go find the job that excites you. Maybe it's different different role in the organization, maybe it's a different company. But but for us, you know, I think what what I lead with, and I hope, you know, we, we try to encourage and foster in our, in our, in our employees, is so look, if you, if you really enjoy this, like at a core level, like I think I, I do, I can't hide it, right? You're, you're going to be excellent at it because I think you just got so much professional pride and sort of personal pride that. You know, going that extra step and extra effort, you're not doing it because you have to do it, or, you, or you're being told to. Because you're like that's just what you need to do to, to 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 be the excellent you know provider of this service that you are and the professional. And I think that's uh, people with our company, the ones that I think are our leaders of you know alongside in the company, I think should share that type of, of vision and and, and uh, perspective.
0: As you were saying that, I was uh, reminded of something i guess a little anecdote that danny meyer i think it was in the book set the table that he said he was going to become a lawyer or something and i think it was his uncle was like well do you want to be a lawyer and he's like i don't know it just seems like the thing to do and his uncle said you know you're going to be dead a lot longer than you're alive yeah and it was just like whoa i better uh really enjoy and embrace what i'm doing otherwise you know life is just it's too short yeah and I don't know. It just sounds a little cliche as well. Love what you do, or but let it be cliche because it's hundred percent true. Life is too short, and if we don't enjoy what we're doing, like yeah, really, what's the point?
1: Yeah, when you walk into you know to a, a client for the meeting for the first time, right? I mean, you know, if, if you're there and you're like, look, I don't care how difficult this is. I know, I know how to get through this, and we've been been here before. Like we we know the strategy. We're gonna work on it. It's gonna be difficult, but we're here to help, right? And we know. We know we can get there. I think mm-hmm. I think that you know, that confidence comes with a combination of of experience, of maybe a few failures in your background, like you've been through, you've learned the hard way. Um, it's 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 sharing that passion that I'm not just doing this because I'm here. You know, I'm doing this. This is what I love to do as a professional. And I think it's it's you know, and, and if you're if you're you know, we we are entrusted as with a lot of you know you know we these clients are taking this entire core investment, all their, all their bosses, all their investors, right? They're saying, here you go. Like, please, please help me finish this in two years. And so that, that, that comes with a certain amount of sort of gravitas. Like, look, like we really, if we mess this up, this person is, is you know, they, they are in trouble. And so mm-hmm. you have to have a level of trust, you know, they have a level of trust with you and us with them that, that we're, we're not just going to like leave tomorrow or like not try hard. And I think that you know you can try to fake that 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 sort of dedication and passion, but but, but you can't, right? And, and people people, I think when we go to these kinds of meetings, I think I think whether they can articulate it specifically or not, it's this kind of sort of you know uh, you know, sort of belief and opinion and interaction that that they pick up on and resonates with them. And I think that's often like if that's what if, if they want you to feel as you know. Like like they like like if all the anxieties you have like I get it, but but that's why you hired us. It's why we're here, right? We're, we know we know how to separate the problems for tomorrow from the problems from today, right? And we'll, 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 we're you know, we're coaching through that process uh, in some respects.
0: What what's a a, a past, uh, present or yeah what's a what's a good past or present example of a really big project where you tackled it with the enthusiasm the excitement and i don't know and just kind of lived and executed it according to your values and got everyone together harmoniously to get it done. Like what, what's a good project that showcases that and just yeah. kind of walk us through it. And I know you love all of your projects equally, but yeah, well you I, I don't need to like name names, but like, you know, there's, there's
1: time where we walk into a room, you know, and, and it's our first meeting with, with the client perhaps or even in a sales meeting. Right. And we're just like, Hey, you know, we're the hardy group. Here's what we do. And you know, so much of what, you know, it, what's interesting is like the reality
2: you know, in our business. I'm sure it's true for everyone
1: who's who's got a technical sort of cross part of their business. Is that you know, with architect or designer, whoever contractor. You know, the reality is you're never going to explain at any really detailed level to your client what you do. Right? There's no way they're not an architect. They're not a project manager. They're not a contractor. There's only, there's only so much you're ever going to explain to them because if they knew that already, you wouldn't have to talk to you. Right? So so what what I find is. The, the important part about any, about, about all of this is not to sort of tell them that we're really great at reports. We're great at doing financial statements. We're great at meeting minutes. Like that's great. It might be great at all those things. And that's that's great. But but so much of what what matters is is just keep just really communicating. You understand like what what is their concerns. So like where are they up awake awake about awake at night. And the reality is, typically when I'm in a lot of meetings with clients, either sales meetings or early on the project. Probably the majority of that we're talking about is even part of my scope. It's not, not even my proposal. It's, it's, it's not not my stuff. It's just it's just making sure that that you know from a strategic level, you know, whether it's early in a project, that, that everyone understands what we're doing and how we're doing it, and why. And so I think I think in in some respects, it's 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 it's, it's being able to sort of put your yourself in their shoes and say. Like yeah, I understand that the the, the debt structure and the, the you know the, the, the process of managing that relationship with whoever the debt provider is is really critical. Um, like you know, like we understand that we we we've done it Here's how we we we're going to handle that. Like you know, it's not in my proposal anywhere. You know, but 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 like that's just the reality of, of you know of really being entrusted with this this amount of you know responsibility and and finding ways to sort of just just sort of you know. Take some of the fears away, right? It's, it's, it's a lot of if you. If you're a new hotel investor, you look at this construction development stuff. Like it's it's just like you just have nowhere to go, right? And I, I think it's it's very common where we get into projects and working for six months, you know, kind of trying to figure it out. And it's so often the, the hardest part is like where the, where the failures usually come is not knowing the first step, right? It's like what to do first. Cause there's always a million things that you can do. You've Even just t- checklist is like thirty thousand things in that checklist you could do, right? And it's easy to get overwhelmed if you don't have the experience to know how to parse that apart and say, well, let's focus on these three things first, right? And then we'll do the next three. So part of this is just knowing how to communicate sort of that process in in the right way for
0: for that that person to be successful. Well, well, it's one thing communicating. It's another thing being able to pull it out of a client, right? Because I I love how you said it's like what's keeping you up at night or what's most important to you because in all of the – in everything that goes into any project, it doesn't matter what you do, um, we're all running full steam ahead trying to accomplish it. But sometimes we're just running full steam ahead not knowing those two things, what's most important and what's keeping them up at night. And just asking those questions on any challenge or any project, it's just very clarifying and it automatically reprioritizes everything. But I find sometimes people are, are timid to ask that question of the client because uh, we I should know what it is I should know what's keeping them up or what's most important but it's okay to, it's okay to ask because yeah. oftentimes that that whole way of thinking is so different in in your client's mind
1: yeah and, and sometimes you get an answer like well I wouldn't have guessed that right like wow that's that's like I'm not worried about that at all you know but like yeah but they don't know like you know they you know, they've never done this before so they're new clients, so like they. Yeah, it, it, sometimes it, like part of part of our job with new clients is like, look, you, these are the things you need to worry about. These are things you don't need to worry about. Like, yes, they're problems. But like, we don't, we'll 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 solve those, right? And so it, it's it's like prioritizing like their concerns and helping them walk through that. Especially if you think about it, if you're you new no hotel owner. like, there's so much like between all the brands and the operators and the you know it, it, there's so many different stakeholders, and, and you just sometimes they don't, again, they don't they don't even know like where like what are real problems and what are just like normal things that we'll get through, right? You know, like, hey, well, we, we don't have an answer today, but six months from now, like, that's not going to be our goal. You know, we'll get through it. We'll, we'll, it's on the agenda, we'll tackle it. And I think, you know, prioritization of, of, you know, communicating sort of like where they need to spend their, what, what should they be worried about? Um, you know, sometimes it's things that, that I agree with, sometimes it's like, well, we, we've got some ways to manage that, but let's, let's, let's walk through how we, how we resolve that, at least keep you comfortable that, I may I have an answer today, but we but we're, we have a process to get you to that resolution.
0: It's like eating an elephant one bite at a time. Yeah. Um, okay, so I want to go back to you as a. Well, I could be a twelve-year-old, but maybe the, the experience isn't. But let's go. Let's go to architecture school, okay? okay? And the John, or the, I'm sorry, the Brent that I'm speaking to right now, yeah, magically appear in front of your art, your architecture self. In that building that your dad was in 30 years before you, yeah. um, what advice do you have for yourself?
1: Uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I would say I think this is probably true of a lot of younger people, maybe in their 20s. Is I think there's a lot of sort of you're uncomfortable in your own skin in terms of you know I, I think I think when I was younger I felt like man everyone when I'm, everyone's got it figured out I don't know I don't know anything these guys are, everyone's like man they, they know everything and I. I I don't know where to start know, I'm just so confused and i try to make sure I'm doing the right thing. I think there's a lot of fear of failure at that age without recognizing that like, look, like 15 years later, 20 years later, I'm like, there's no magic here. It's just, you know, like everyone, you know, there's just, just hard work and, and, and experience and, and getting comfortable with just knowing that, look, there's things that I don't know and I'm okay with it because I've got, I know how to solve those problems. I know that there's things that I, I can on other people on, right, I don't need to know everything. I need to know, I need to have the right network and the right support group. That you know, when problems arise, I know how to resolve it. I think, I think that you know, for me, it was you know, I used to think like, oh man, if I just if I just work harder, I, I figure it all out. I'm like, well, then like, I've appreciated there's only your time is limited. right? You, you can't. You got to learn to prioritize what you're really doing. And and that was a big learning curve of me maybe in my thirties. That look, I just I can't work any hard. Like there's only so many hours in the day. I'm never going to be good at everything. I got right. I got to figure out what I want to be really good at. Be really good at it and then really rely on others to pick up the rest and, and be able to trust and turn to them, you know, to, to be part of that against part of that team. It's never any one person,
0: um, and then there are always those unknown unknowns that you just can't account for and you yeah. just got to deal with, right?
1: Yeah. And, you, and you, you get comfortable with that. I mean, I think one of the things I, I think I, you know, I, I trust on my team is like, look, like we're there's no perfect project, there's going to be problems, right? Like, that's just a reality. I don't know how good you are, there's always an issue on something that comes up that maybe you shouldn't know maybe you can't that's just a reality development it's messy right and so i think that the trick is just being okay with that right? you've got to live with that uncertainty and it's just being able to sort of move forward with that being the case and mm-hmm. you know, not get hung up on you know trying to go in circles solving your problems you'll just, you'll just never get anywhere you got to find a way to move forward with uncertainty and, and just be comfortable working in that environment otherwise you're going to have a you can't, you can't work yourself out of that you just, just got to sort of find ways to get comfortable with it and then just know that when those things come up you're going to be able to meet on it
0: properly i love it yeah. um well brent th- this has just been a wonderful conversation to you know peer behind the curtain of of the hardy group um uh, yeah. so i just i want to say thank you so much and if people wanted to learn more about you or the hardy group what can, wh- how can they learn more
1: uh, well, they can go to our website, which is uh, jhgi.com. That was for the John Hardy Group, Inc., uh, so jhgi.com or my LinkedIn. Uh, Brent Hardy, look me up. It should be a note. And, um, yeah, it's been great. Thanks thanks for having me. I appreciate the time today. It was really uh, some great questions. Um, and uh, I, I, I'm glad you have your passion project, too.
0: Yeah. Radical innovation. Yeah. I, I got to talk to your dad. And we'll, we'll compare notes. Um, Not really. But, but in all seriousness, I know how busy you are onboarding um, all the all the new hotel owners and all of your existing clients and other clients who own and operate um, a lot of hotels. Um, but I thank you for your time here. It really means a lot to me and also to our listeners.
2: Oh, yeah. Thanks.
0: And I'd also be remiss if I didn't thank our listeners because. They keep listening, and more keep listening. So yeah. it just keeps driving me to to keep pulling these stories out of yeah. people within our industry to just better paint a picture of of what's out there and how we all get it done. So yeah. thank you to the listeners, and if if this changed your thinking on development or hotels or hospitality, please pass it along to someone else. And uh, we're growing every week, and it's all because of you. So thank you, and we'll catch you next time.